Hey friends, this week we're going to talk to the bear hat worn by the bass player from Safe Ferris. Stay tuned! Welcome to On The Upbeat. I'm Matt. And that's RJ, and I forgot to turn him back up. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's me. It's me, RJ. Can you hear me, guys? <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Hey, well, it's a laid-back kind of day. It's a laid-back kind of episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, RJ. Yes, Matthew. How was... I called you Matthew. I'm sorry. How was your Memorial Day holiday? It is a great Memorial Day, and it is a fantastic birthday for me to turn 42. Wow. we It is so glad that we're here in this exact moment to celebrate that fact, and it is in no way uh, being recorded before this moment. Nope. Because <laughs> I would not be busy, too busy on my birthday to come do this show. <laughs> Especially not during a pandemic when I can't leave the house. You know what? Speaking of pandemic. Oh, yeah. What's up, dude? You know, <laughs> uh, funny you should mention. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I'm most... And this is... this I fully understand first world problems. Totally stupid thing to be annoyed about. Um, but, like, I'm bummed. Like, of all the summer movies, we're not going to get to go, you know partake in because movie theaters are closed and stuff like that and movies are like moving their release date like i was excited about um black widow and wonder woman and i I think ghostbusters you know like the third ghostbusters moved its date i think i don't know Oh, i forgot all about that one yeah so i'm kind of bummed i'm kind of bummed that everything's moving so oh and i would have went and saw that one too you wouldn't have seen the other ones what's wrong with you no i don't go to the movies much man (laughs) I'm not even lying. Um, I'm trying to think the last movie I saw in the cinema, and it was probably the second Jurassic World movie, and I was just at the $3 theater down the street from me. Oh, no, I take that back. I went and saw It too because my wife wanted to go see that, so I went with her. Oh. Uh, You know, I saw the first one, never saw the second one. Is it any good? Uh, I mean, if you're really hard up to complete the story, cool, but it's not nearly as good as the first one was. Mm, That's to be expected. Yeah, well, I mean, it's all from one book, so you wouldn't expect it to be too much different. Mm. Like, I thought they, like, wrapped up the first one in a way they could still have a really strong second one. Um, but, no, it didn't It didn't really work as well, I, for whatever reason. That's a bummer. I'll probably yeah. still end up watching it. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I'm a much more uh, TV at home kind of guy. And I yeah. also have, for someone with uh, ADD, I have a lot of patience for certain things. Um, now, if a Guardians of the Galaxy movie comes out, I'm there. I'm there opening weekend. Um, if an X-Men movie that even looks kind of good is, I- I'll be there. No, uh, I did not go see the last two <laughs> X-Men movies in the cinema. How dare you? I, you know, I loved First Class so much. And then what was the one after First Class? Uh, Days of Future Past. I hated it. <laughs> what? I-, I did not like okay, it at all. Okay, first of all, do you think that's one of the last two? No, there's two le- more after that. <laughs> okay, good. That's like, how are you that far out of it? <laughs> you Those are the two that I absolutely skipped after Days of Future Past. I skipped uh, Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix. Um, 
I didn't like the first original X-Men movie. I loved X2, and I've never seen uh, the third one well, of the original, the first three. I mean, I can't say you're missing much, because <laughs> you're not. But story-wise, it's sort of interesting. <laughs> like, And it's like, it could have been better. I wish it had been better, but oh well. Um, yeah, if you ever want to get into whole comics and ska kind of... <laughs> Mode, man. I, I think me and Matt and uh, a couple other people, we got your number. <laughs> I know. Like, why? There's. We'll have to talk about this in depth, but yeah, someday. But it, there seems to be a big crossover between ska fans and comic books, or or quote unquote nerd comic fandom. I would say, yeah, not comic- so much like reading the floppies every month, yeah. every week, but you know, yes. uh, mm-hmm. being involved in that fandom. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, all right. So we got a lot to get to today. We got uh, a big one. And we do. So here's the thing. We are going to be discussing what, th- I don't know, I phrased it, what is the best, but when we were talking, you were saying, like, this is my favorite. So I, I don't It's know- my favorite, and I think it's the best. Okay, so we're going to go with the phrasing of, what is the best ska punk album of the 90s. Now this was brought this actually was suggested sort of came out from an email I think from the fan BB I think is when this came out like he had asked the question like is Oh yeah yeah yeah. is um uh um hangups by Goldfinger the best ska punk album or is it just that Superman is the best ska punk song of the 90s? And you, you sort of connected. I think with- I had mentioned something previously, and that is why they wrote that in. I yeah, think maybe. I made some inflammatory, grandiose statement. <laughs> You're right. Such- <laughs> so um, here's so we're going to discuss that, and so we kind of already know RJ's pick uh, yeah. for best ska punk album of the '90s, but we don't know mine. And we're going to no, save mine as a... too. This is my birthday present from Matt. <laughs> yes, to surprise him with what <laughs> I think is the uh, ska punk album, the best ska punk album of the 90s. Um, and, you know, I mostly mostly joke about, like, you can have your own opinion to things, and absolutely, you just love what you love, and that's totally fine. But if people don't agree with me on this... Uh, I will disavow them. I will disown them. I will never talk to them. You How are we going to continue to do this show if well, you don't say Goldfinger well, hangups? This, this, this might be the last episode. <laughs> we, it just might fall apart right after this because, honestly, I legitimately don't understand how anyone could disagree with my pick. It is so beyond me that anyone, and I feel that when people don't put it, they're just trying to make me mad. <laughs> it's personal, even if they don't know me. All right. So, but like I said, we're going to start with RJ's pick. So, RJ, what is your pick? Even though I already know it. Yeah, it, best it, Scott we already Punk. mentioned it like five times. It's, it's Hang Ups by Goldfinger. It's their second album. I would say it was their last album where they still had a big, strong ska song up until The Knife came out. Right. Um, I, I It was one of those things that, it, it, oddly enough, seemed to cross in also to my friends who did not listen to ska or ska punk. Friends that I could not get to listen to Less Than Jake. I couldn't get them to listen to Real Big Fish. I couldn't even really get them to listen to Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. 
they could they would love Goldfinger and specifically Hang Ups for whatever reason. Um, and you got to remember when this album came out, like Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two wasn't out yet. Correct. So like Superman was just the first song off that album. It wasn't even a single off this album. It, correct. It was not ever a single off the album, which I discovered looking some stuff up. Yeah, it, it's it's if you were making uh, a top ten list of songs, Scott Punk songs from the '90s that were album cuts that were never like radio songs, this would be one or two, and the other one would be "Beer" by Real Big Fish. Those are the really the only two right. choices because right. they were. I think beer was released as a single, but it never charted. It never got anywhere. But it's freaking a great song. I think just it, like Superman. I think it it got even further when it was on the soundtrack for that basketball movie. I think I I, I, think, I think that's when they were pushing the uh, well, their cover song. Yeah, they off that were, same soundtrack. They were which, that that was sort of yeah the aha cover. Yes. Um, was much bigger for at that time. But I'm just saying, I think that's sort of like even what elevated beer a little bit. I don't know. I'd have to look it more up. But look, <laughs> that's not even how you phrase sentences. What is wrong with me right now? Look it more up. You phrase sentences just like I do. It's amazing we have listeners. <laughs> All right. So what is your what is your evidence? Right. Well, I mean, I first of all, you mentioned this last week. You forgot how much Ska was actually on this record. I think it was a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, but yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so I wanted to play. This is by none my favorite song off this album. Uh, I don't know if you have them queued up and ready to go, Matt. I do. I literally have the entire album. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, 20 Cent Goodbye, I think, is my favorite song off the entire album. Okay, let's listen to that for a bit. Went out today to try and phone you. All right. I do like that song. It's a good song. song. Yeah, it's a good song. And if you're going to have horns on your album, you're going to get some real big fish horn players, which is exactly what they did amongst other horn players they brought in. But I think that's one of the songs specifically has a Tavis and Dan from real big fish. on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a good song, but I mean, it's a a good song, but it's a good song. song. It is. Okay. (laughs) It's a great ish song. It's close, but I mean, are we picking, you know, great songs off of, okay, ska punk albums? No, we are picking the best ska punk album of the nineties. It's got to have more than one song. What else? Well, I mean, I, I, let's just shine the light on the elephant of the room it's got superman on it which is fantastic i mean honestly if you haven't heard this song where have you been living (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
Okay, so it's got two really good songs. It's got okay. All right, all right. It's got two songs, and that song that is a heck of an album album opener. You have to true. Give me that. That's you can't you can't yes, top that. It definitely would go probably. I would say at least at least in the top ten best album openers. Yeah, yeah agreed. That's, that's another episode I think you've pitched, and we should do sometime. Yes. Um and and. and, and don't get me wrong, folks. I, I have a lot of ska punk from the 90s that I have on album that I listen to the CDs front to back all the time. This one is the one. That's, this is the one when I think 90s ska punk, I go back to. And one of the other reasons why I think it it's not all the whole album isn't ska punk. It also really encapsulates some of that 90s punk aesthetic that was really going on there at the end of the decade. And for me, that that always makes something a bit more round. Rounded. Like one of the reasons I really like the Slackers is like they're not a straight ska band. They do reggae songs. They do garage rock songs. Sure. And that's kind of why I like this Goldfinger song because it goes it it gives you a lot of like the ska punk, but then also just kind of gives you some just some punk songs. So you start to miss the ska until it comes back and it hits you. Um, I want to play Carlita, which is another one of my favorite songs off this album. I'm not saying it's not a good album by any hey, here's, means. Here's the thing, Matt. We didn't even get to the best part of that song, which is the Barry Sachs solo near the end. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I, I know it's near the end. We're not going to play the whole thing, but... Yeah. That is pretty sweet. It's pretty good. Hey, yeah, right? Yeah. I, I, I would rest my case, except for there's still more great songs off this album, Matt. That's Okay. I <laughs> that mean, are still ska songs. True. I but, present the uh, album closer, Chris Clayton.
Now that is a good fun song. Yeah. Now, I mean, there's a lot of other great songs on this album, but their songs more more alt-rocky, more punky. Those are pretty much, for me, the four ska highlights off of that record, which is yeah. what I'm using to present my case here. Now, Matt, it sounds like you have some problems with what I've said and what I've put forth. I, I definitely... Oh, let me hear them. I don't have a problem with saying it's a good album, and to even say that it is one of the best ska punk albums of the 90s, absolutely. Um, you know, but here's the thing. It's not the best. And here's the thing. So here's what we're going to do. Now, <laughs> now, listeners, you don't have to necessarily agree with us. But we oh, are. No, I would love to hear their opinions. But here's what we are going to do. We are going to. Uh, you're going to vote on which one of us did a better job of arguing their case. And so, based <laughs> I think on our. It's going to be you, because I think you've thought about how to argue your case much more than I have. <laughs> Probably. Um, so, listeners, take into consideration. All that RJ said, all I'm about to say, and we're going to, we'll put a poll up as this episode goes up and you can vote on which one of, which album won this argument or discussion. (laughs) You know, you don't have to agree with us that it is, is the best ska punk album of the nineties. You just have to decide which one of us does a better presentation slash convincing job. So here's the thing. When I, we talk about the best ska punk album of the 2000s, I'm I'm I, I'm gonna take a month to prepare. <laughs> so here's the thing. So my pick, I'm not gonna tell you what it is just yet. My pick, um, it was the third highest grossing ska punk album of the 90s. Third, number three. Okay, the only two albums that sold more records than it was, um. Of course, no doubt's Tragic Kingdom. If you call that a Sky record. For discussion purposes, we will. <laughs> um, right. And and then, of course, the uh, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, Let's Face It album sold more. See, that's the only uh, record that really makes me feel bad for picking Goldfinger, to be honest. Well, that and Chumps on Parade by ME330. Um but something about Goldfinger is like that because that, that Southern California punk and ska sound is so dominating. Um, and also, I, I'm, I'm never going to go the obvious choice and actually pick uh, Boston's for this one. Hmm. Yeah. The obvious choice? Or is this the obvious choice? That's right, the best ska album of the 90s, ska punk album of the 90s, is Real Big Fish, Turn the Radio Off. We don't even need to listen (laughs) to um, any more songs. Matt, on I, the I album. really wish I could have done a Johnny Carson Karnak kind of thing and sealed an envelope before this episode started recording. And so I could open it up on Skype if I had a camera and show you. I saw this coming a mile away. Um, here's the thing. The fact that you saw it miles coming miles away. Now, do you say that because you know me? or because it's I know you. Right. And okay. I want to tell you, Matt, 
Ska was not big in the Midwest. I had to special order this album from a Sam Goody because I could not pick it up off the shelf when it came out. I absolutely love this record, but it's, I, I don't know. Okay, but here's the thing. We're not talking about which is easily accessible because <laughs> otherwise we probably just would have gone with Tragic Kingdom. <laughs> our, 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 let's face it, yeah. Right. <laughs> Those would have won. Um, but here's the thing. Um, by the way, you're talking about, you said that ska, punk, Orange County, Southern California. Well, you said Southern California. I just Calif- said Southern California. Yeah. I did not specify Orange County. No one defines Southern California ska like Real Big Fish. No one. No one. Like, they defined it. Like, they, I'm not going to say they created it because that's just crazy because uh, they didn't. But, but they defined it in Orange County. Um and I think a lot of bands followed suit. Um, and also, like I said, number three, sell- third selling album, ska punk album of the 90s, um, certified gold album. Now, th- you know, you're like, but Matt, Matt, that doesn't matter. That doesn't necessarily make it a good record. I also feel like I gave you all the ammunition you need by uh, uh, even talking up this band and songs on this album. <laughs> <laughs> and... Also, I would have you note the lead singer of your band pretty much discovered and like helped get a record deal of Real Big Fish. He sure did. <laughs> so, um, but here's the thing: let's go on strength of song. So let's go to you know a little ditty uh, called "She Has a Girlfriend Now." <laughs> Now, see, you didn't have to wait for the horns to come in. They're just right there. They're just, they are up front. This song is a great duet. Um, it has some uh, little bit icky political correctness stuff going on it in, the, may not, in the bridge. It may not have uh, aged well. It aged well. <laughs> and that's a whole other separate, um, you know, podcast maybe. But this um, is the Best trombone solo on a yes. 90s ska punk album ever. That's true. That's true. But as here- much as I kind of don't ever want to hear that song again, I always want to hear that trombone solo. Um, but here's the thing. The hits don't stop there. Like, And we're not talking about necessarily... Uh, <laughs> hit hits, fan not favorites. Fan favorites. You know, um, come on. I mean... Everyone loves this song. Get better. It's easily singable. Because it repeats. <laughs> and see, once again, don't really have to wait for horns. They're right there in your face with their bigness and their tasty grooves. And of course, you know, honestly, there's a song on this album. I don't really usually listen to um like just uh like basically ska without lyrics you know just instrumental stuff i usually don't but i will absolutely every single time listen to two for one oh, 
And here's the thing. They've got great horn parts. Very memorable horn parts. And um, and not and they've got strong melodies, easily singable lyrics. And but here's the thing. You know what their secret weapon is uh, on this album particularly? It's the backup vocals of of Scott. I believe Oh, yeah, Scott's fantastic. Um his like vocal harmonies are amazing on this album and albums to come. Um I think uh, you know as in there's like a particular line in she has a girlfriend now the little echo oh my gosh um it's so great all over the place um and i think that alone blows goldfinger out of the water just having that strong of a backup vocalist who harmonizes and creates just sort of you know parts for everyone to sing you know from the shouting things to just cool harmonies um, it just makes it easily singable for everyone. And of course, this classic song right here. See, because there's a straw, because everything sucks. Do you get yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another good thing about Real Big Fish. So we've got strong uh, horn parts, just, you know, strong melodies. You want to dance to it. Strong, you know, backing vocals that just call you to, like, pay attention to all these different parts of the song. And, but relatable lyrics, especially for anyone wanting to be in a ska band or wanting to, you know, even if you didn't want to be in a band or a ska band particularly, you can relate to these lyrics because they're just about trying to do something better with your life. About, you know, a lot of them, you know, looking around like everything sucks is like, it. it's sort of just, you know, you can relate to it even though he's talking about being in a band, but like, you want to try stuff, but everything you try just falls apart, it never goes your way. It, no matter if you're in a ska band or not, it's relatable. From everything, from relationships, it's all relatable. And that's what you want. I mean, I don't know who Chris Caton is. I've never heard of him. I have no idea who he is. Who relates? Well, to me, that song is relatable because that's like starting a band with like a cool older chap, like a, a guy you look up to. And that's what I took from that song. I don't know who Chris Clayton is. I have no freaking clue. <laughs> but I, I know the feeling of like being in a band and having like the older guys in the scene like kind of accept you and even start like side project bands with them and mess around. Yeah, I mean, but still, ska-relatable lyrics. That's that's just my <laughs> taste. And here, of course, like, um, this song that I'm about to play has become, like, legend at, uh, I think, Real Big Fish shows. Um, I don't think they can play it enough, and sometimes they, they test that idea <laughs> by playing it more than once at the show, but here we go. Stick 
Now, if you've ever gone to a real big fish show, uh, RJ, I've been several. Um, you have probably heard them play that song in many styles. Uh, and, that stick is so old by this time. Though. Well, okay. Here's the thing. They, I don't think they do that anymore, to be completely honest with you. Um, Good. <laughs> <laughs> now they have something else to annoy you with. But, yeah. um, but it was definitely funny and memorable when they did it, you know, uh, first. For the first couple of years, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but here's the thing. I feel like I I feel like most people don't put this give this album enough credit um, because I do I I think I think influence when we think about like the best ska albums influence has to take a small part because like the without influence the the medium doesn't go forward you know what I mean. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of like saying that, uh, rock and roll wasn't bettered by the Beatles, right? Like you yeah, have to, you have to, you have yeah. to very least sort of say that even like, I'm not a big Beatles fan. Um, that's mostly cause I'm in heavier influenced by the music that they, that in, yeah. that the Beatles inspired. Right. Um, I'm far removed from that generation. But like, and not that you can't, you know, not that you can't be a Beatles fan and not born at that time, but I'm just saying, like, for me, I was inspired by bands that were inspired by the Beatles, and I think that has to play a part to realize a band's, you know, influence, and I'll be, even if, you know, because I know Real Big Fish gets a lot of slack for being um, sort of campy and cheesy, and, you know... Yeah, see, that's my argument against, actually. Um, This album is actually hard for me to revisit due to the camp and the cheesiness factor, um, when I want to go back and listen to a real big fish record, I usually pick up why do they rock so hard? Yes, um, I would definitely say it is a good album uh, and even even a really great album. But I just don't. For me, it doesn't have as many as it doesn't have as many sort of straight through. Uh, just things I really want to listen to, and and it's not, and uh, that sounds like I'm saying it's bad. No, I love that album as well, <laughs> but like this album, you know, because it was, it's kind of like for me in Star Wars, like when someone really sort of pressures me, you know, a lot of times I'll sort of want to lean on, like I do absolutely love um, Empire Strikes Back, and it is probably, arguably, my favorite one for a lot of different reasons. But when it comes right down to it, I go to, you know, if someone asked me, I'd just say, you know, a new hope. Cause it's the first one. Yeah. And I know this wasn't their first album by any means. I know that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it was definitely like the first one I owned and listened to. And it was definitely very influential on me listening to other bands and Scott in general. So for me, it just has such strong, strong melodies. And I feel like, it's it's sort of frustrating to me when I see, and maybe this is sort of why it sort of sticks with me, is that when people talk about, you know, I've heard different things said on, you know, different sort of uh, ska uh, Facebook pages and stuff like, oh, if someone keeps bringing up Real Big Fish, you know, you know, I'm going to drive myself crazy or something like that. Like some sort of like they're annoyed by people liking Real Big Fish. And I kind of find that annoying. Um, just even, it's not so much about Real Big Fish. If you did that with any band, you know, it's like, ah, oh, I'm so sick of people liking, 
you know, the boss tones. Like, why? <laughs> because people like them? I don't understand. Like, like liking something, you know, a lot is bad? I don't understand. This is how this works, right? When you like something, you share it, and then, you know... It's, I totally get that, you know, that's why I don't listen to the radio, because the radio overplays everything, but that's why I don't oh, listen yeah. to the radio, but I don't think that should exist in when we're talking about, like, influential bands or influential albums or, you know, and I know this album will end up on a lot of people's lists of best ska punk albums of the 90s. Oh, yeah, it's it, definitely on my list. Yeah. It's you, just not at the top. <laughs> uh, but for me, it's just so so strong and so heavy with it's just horn parts and um and just its creativeness and you know um really strong uh, vocal melodies um and yes i do i will i will say why do they rock so hard they improve on all of it like <laughs> a lot but for me this always sticks because it was kind of like my first. So I'm admitting, you know, that, that that's sort of like for me. So um, there's nostalgia biased input yes, here. There's absolutely. Why would it not be? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure a lot of people who like super. I mean, I like Superman, but I didn't. I heard Superman the first time I bought the, that album when it came out in, in 97. You like, mean you never saw the Fairley Brothers classic Kingpin? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I bought that album in 97 um, because I you know, had the other album by Goldfinger. Actually, no, I think I borrowed that from a friend. <laughs> I don't think I actually owned it. But I bought Hang Ups. Um, and, yeah, I love that album. Um, you know, and, you know, I don't know if you're like me where, like, you kind of uh, get in the habit, especially, you know, years removed from an album and you realize, oh, I'm only so, you know, if you make playlists now on Spotify or, or even Apple Music or whatever, wherever you make playlists, you know, where you're only in pulling, iTunes for in my a, podcast. Right. <laughs> um, um, you know, if you're only sort of pulling, well, you kind of have a mantra for your podcast thing to never play the same song twice. So this probably doesn't yeah. apply to you, but when you make maybe other playlists that you sort of find yourself going like for to myself or my brother. Yeah. Yeah. So like you find yourself going to the same songs by the same bands sometimes, but I think, and I think that's for me, like why hang up sort of fell out of it just sort of, you know, I would listen to the first like five songs. Um, and then I would sort of move on sometimes. Uh, so, I I know that the first five songs of that album <laughs> pretty much by heart, um, but like I don't know. And so, real big fish, the whole album always stuck with me. Um, so that's sort of like where you know it's just sort of a gut feeling of you know turn the radio off really just stuck with me. And just hearing you know um, you know sort of problem lyrics aside, but uh, you know a you know a lot of great songs um on that album and songs you definitely want to still hear live and it's not because of some strange nostalgia thing it's they really are good songs when it comes down to it and i feel like this album doesn't get enough credit um for um doing what it did for ska um because you know everyone always says that you know, even in the documentary of Pick It Up, like, it sort of mentioned that, you know, 90, summer of 97 was like the summer of ska. 
Yeah. And that's when sort of ska was everywhere. And I think that's when the Money Money Boston's album came out and that sort of like pushed it even further. Yeah. But, yeah. I was always worried they were going to be late to the party. Right. <laughs> the Boston's. That was one of my like first favorite ska bands. And of course you had Turn the Radio Off came out in 96. I think Losing right. Streak by Less Than Jack also came out in 96. Right. And there's all this momentum behind ska. And I'm like, and then it, you started kind of seeing, oh, this is, might not last as a mainstream thing. Right. And probably one of our best bands, Boston's, might not get to take advantage of this right, and right. make some real money. Uh, and uh, actually, when they came, things blew up even bigger. And then, But that caused for a bigger crunch when it uh, all fell through. Yeah. And it may be, maybe, um, maybe I have to admit that like Real Big Fish, because they're sort of a hometown band. I mean, literally, they're from Huntington Beach originally. Uh, they say Orange County now because it's sort of like a, more people know where Orange County is. Um, you know, but um, yeah, so maybe that plays a part. But I just, I really just think that the album, and I tend to, and this is sort of, uh, admittedly, this is the way I am. When I don't feel something I like is getting enough credit, I will put I will put my flag in the ground and go, nope. You this, double down. I double down. This <laughs> this deserves more attention than it is getting, and um, yeah. So that's and see, I'm I'm the opposite. I just shrug my shoulder and like you have the right to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing: it has pretty much, I think, a really uh, strong closer and an alternative baby. And I want you to listen a little bit to it, and then we'll sort of wrap up. great lyrics like that like (laughs) um and it's and for me like that's one of the last this is the last thing i want to say about uh this album is so for me like one of the best things about ska was always this sort of tongue-in-cheekness between like this very happy sound and these very sort of pessimistic lyrics Oh, I think uh, almost all my favorite bands do that. <laughs> yes, but for me, I just, I honestly don't think anyone did it better than Real Big Fish. Um, that's just sort of in, my... In Scott at the time, no, nobody did it better than Real Big Fish. Yes. So, um, I, I just, that's why this album has always stuck with me because of of that. That's sort of the thing I fell in love with about Ska. So that's why this album particularly sticks with me because of that so that's my pick of uh best ska punk album of the 90s um so listeners and, we're, uh, no, and unless ahead. our listeners are a bunch of contrarians i do believe you've won 
<laughs> simply because I made the more compelling argument. <laughs> I, I think if I would have went with, uh, let's face it, I think I could have probably uh, beat the pants off you. I yeah, mean, I you probably at least just in the fact that I do th- honestly think more people like that album than and it is the only one of all the albums except for not I'm not talking about no doubt but uh, out of all these albums it's the only one that actually had a top 40 hit on it. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um Real Big Fish came close, but <laughs> No, no, they did not. Really? Uh, no, that was 69. Oh, really? It is, yeah. It, it's beaten by Time Bomb, by Rancid. Wow. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I was shocked when I saw that too. It was yeah. uh, number 10 on the alt rock um, charts, though. Right, okay. Yeah, so, but then there's two Boston songs ahead of it there too, still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. What can you do? Which, by the way, if you ever want to go on Billboard.com and look stuff up, it's a pain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so no, I don't. <laughs> do you want something to be painful and annoying? Well, do this. Yeah. It's actually easier to keep going back out to Google and typing the band name and Billboard to get to that information <laughs> and, and slogging through trying to figure it out. Because if you actually use the search function in Billboard, it takes you to articles written about the band, and yeah. not any. There's not an easy way to get to the chart information. Wow. It's maddening. That's annoying. It's it's kind of like when someone says, "Drink something," and they go, oh, "This is terrible. Try it." And I'm like, "No, you just yeah. it's terrible. Why do I do that?" Mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, all right. <laughs> exactly. All right. So we I can't have... wait to see what the listeners say. Yes, I'm excited too. Um, all right. I, I say we revisit this someday. Uh, best of the 2000s. Okay. Well, sure. Absolutely. Give us a couple months, of course. Sure. Um, I, I don't know how fair doing 80s would be, to be honest, because there wasn't a lot of ska punk in the 80s. There's a lot of there's ska, but not as much ska punk. Yeah. And I, so I that probably, might be a little tough. You might win that one just because I probably couldn't come up with too much. I, uh, I think there's only like a handful of options, and yeah. I think most people. Call them classics either way, so that'd be a hard one. But yeah, two yeah. thousands. Let's let's give it a couple months. Let's let's go back there. All right. So now we're gonna get on a plane. And we're going to land in the Netherlands. Yay! Yay! We're going to land in the Netherlands. And this is a guy. This is so far removed. We've been talking about Scott Punk this entire episode. This man does not play Scott Punk in the least. He does much more traditional, much more slowed down, almost uh, rock steady, getting uh, on the cusp of getting slow enough for reggae. Uh, his name is Tommy Tornado. He is a saxophone player and... And this is, I found this quote, and I don't exactly know how it was quantified, but he is the youngest award-winning saxophone player in the Netherlands. Oh, interesting. So at one point, when he was a very small Tommy Tornado, he, he won some award at a young age that was a national, apparent, apparently in a national award. Sweet. So first, I'd like to play a song for you that is off his first album. It is called Sunrise. And it came out in 2009. The name of the song is Blowing at 5 p.m.
It's a good song. Yeah, he does a uh, much more laid back, and of course, being a saxophone player, that's a bit more forward. So it's mostly instrumentals. Right. Um, so he, he's been obviously doing this for a while, and he just put out a album near the end of 2019. It's called Back on Track. His backing band, actually, for this band is the German band The Clerks. This name of this song is Downhill. <laughs> song yeah i i put on tommy tornado songs a lot like when i just kind of want to kick back relax kind of music i think it's perfect uh kind of music to listen to on a hot day while you're sitting in the shade drinking a beer or a lemonade like that's tommy tornado for me and that's that's one of the things i really like about all his music he's been doing this for a while he guests with other bands but yeah no i really like that kind of laid laid back it's I that last song I didn't realize until I started playing. That's as close to like a dub as I even like to listen to. I'm not right, a real big right. reggae fan. I'm not a big dub fan, but uh, that song gets me. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing. No problem. No problem. All right. So before it's, it's a lot different than what we've been playing <laughs> and what we're going to continue to play right uh, in our picks today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, something a little a little different for all of us today. Awesome. So. Um, a little before we get to our, our Scott picks of the week and before we wrap yes, up, sir. I realized when you were talking to me, uh, you had mentioned Rancid and, uh, and, you know, sort of time bomb and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what I did when I said that real big fish was the third top selling ska punk ba- uh, album of the nineties, I realized I didn't check on that album. And lo and behold, um, it was certified platinum, <laughs> and Real Big Fish was only certified gold. So, um, I mean, I'll... it's kind of almost the same thing with the the No Doubt album, uh, Outcome the Wolves, fun album, but I'd say that's more of a punk album that has some ska songs on it. Yeah, I totally get it, but I think most I'm sort of in my own brain. Like most people will classify it as a ska punk album. But, it's kind of when they started playing ska again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I get it. Um, and the the No Doubt record, Treasure Kingdom, was actually certified diamond. So, like... Oh, jeez. Yes. Like, that... And that's... The, the bare minimum for that is, like, 10 million albums. Yeah. Um, so... By the yeah. way, I own all these albums on CD, and I still have them on my shelf. 
Yeah, uh, they're currently in a box for me, but um, <laughs> with the invention of digital music, um, yeah, they're in a box. I still have them. I'd probably, I'd never get rid of them. I would, you know, like to display them at some point. Um, all right, so Scott Picks of the Week. Um, so this is a, a thing we do every week where we sort of, uh, it's just another way for us to highlight some bands that we're into and bands we think you should check out. Um, and you can find, uh, these picks and past picks and all the, the bands we do for Scott around the world. Um, you can find that on our Scottify, our Scottify. Oh my gosh. I accidentally made a Scott pun. Our, this opportunity? Our, our, our Spotify playlist, Scott favorites. Uh, you can check that out on Spotify and it should be linked wherever you're listening to this podcast. Um, so this band, uh, I'll go first. Uh, the band I want to highlight this week is a band called Tunnel Vision. Um, they're from somewhere in Southern California. I never did uh, pinpoint where. I can't. I you know when I first heard of them, they're somewhere in. It's either like really South Orange County or or, or San Diego. I cannot think where it is exactly, uh, but somewhere in Southern California. And uh, they're they're a ska punk reggae band, and um, yeah, they're really good. And this first song is called Soul Driver. Oh, gosh, I can't talk right now. Soul Driver, um, and it's by the band Tunnel Vision. their vibe they got a they got a lot of awesome songs you should check I them out really enjoyed that <laughs> yeah the yeah, rest of the album is really good i've heard of them before so thank you you're welcome their name is uh tunnel vision and uh yeah that song is called soul driver and it's off the album days away you should check it out very cool my pick is continuing Matt's education and just who the hell Jeff Rosenstock is. <laughs> and it is a song off his EP, Adult. Uh, the actual name is very long, but everyone just calls it Adults for short. The name of the song is Planning My Own Death by Bomb the Music Industry. I better make a mistake, though I still make a lot of mistakes. But I internalize your problems five times over. Until I can't seem to speak, no goodbyes, so flee the scene. Start my perfect flight, that's it, perfect loner. Ah! 
that song has a lot going on. <laughs> uh, isn't it perfect to uh, yeah. introduce Matt to this band? Yes. <laughs> and the greater uh, Jeff Rosenstock au revoir. Yes, no, uh, this, I, like I mentioned in the Amy Gabba episode, um, Bond the Music Industry was a band I totally felt I slept on. And I got into them right on the tail end when they were doing that, just, just about when this EP came out, Adults. And a lot of the songs on it really speak to me. They're songs about basically being ADD, trying to become an adult, even though you're... Sorry. <laughs> That's cool. That's uh, my... We're not ending just yet. Don't worry. No. <laughs> but, like, just trying to uh, become an adult, even though you still feel like a kid. Uh, some imposter syndrome stuff. It, it's it's really deep lyrically. It's also about going on tour with your friends if you're in a band. Like, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's got a bunch of other stuff about, like, how your landlord sucks the EP is amazing, and uh, thank you for coming on this journey. Uh, Matt, I'm going to make you a Jeff Rosenstock fan. All right. doesn't seem like it's going to be too hard. Yeah, I don't think it will. Because that, that uh, was a great, great song. I had my attention. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that is another wonderful episode, if we do say so ourselves, of On the Upbeat. Um, before we head out, we want to remind you, Please make sure you check out us on social media. Follow us and like us. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at on the upbeat ska, and you can find us on Facebook just by searching on the upbeat. Um, make sure you subscribe to wherever you listen to the podcast. You you click that little follow or subscribe button, whatever it is. That way you get all of the episodes right when they drop. Also, if you could please rate and review us. Um, especially if you listen to us on iTunes, and even if you don't listen to us on iTunes, if you could go over to iTunes and rate and review us there, because iTunes is pretty much the biggest place for people to listen to podcasts, and yeah. the more ratings and reviews we get, um, the more likely we get suggested to other people. Um, you know, you might like this podcast kind of thing. Um, so yeah, make sure you check that out, and, um... Thanks for listening, and... Until next week, keep listening to Sky.